What is up, everyone? This is your host, Ben Salama, and welcome to the first Let's Talk Sports podcast episode of the 2023-2024 NFL season, where I will get you up to speed on anything you might have missed from the opening week of this year's season. There were some highs, and yes, Giants fans, some lows as well. Three new first-round draft pick quarterbacks made their regular season debuts, and two of them, Anthony Richardson and first overall pick by the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, threw for their first career touchdowns, although none of the three were victorious. Hyped-up rookie prospect Bijan Robinson, who went to Texas and was drafted early by the Falcons, looked strong in his debut, running efficiently on the ground while contributing in the air. He led all Falcons in receptions with six, while having a highlight reel touchdown, where they ran an RPO bubble with Bijan lined up as a slot, displaying his versatility and their trust in him in just week one. Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders won in his first season um, as the starter, full-time starter for the Commanders. They beat Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. And fresh off the largest contract in NFL history, Joe Burrow and his Bengals look sluggish as they lost badly 24-3 to the Browns in the pouring rain. Deshaun Watson started out this season with an alright performance, but a great game on the ground for Mick Chubb and clutch timing from the defense and Miles Garrett led the Browns to a strong victory. The 49ers looked revengeful, trying to seek an NFC championship one that they have not achieved in three seasons. They dominated the Steelers and Kenny Pickett in a 30-7 route. Even though TJ Watt started the season hot, making his case for the defensive player of the year already, even in week one with three sacks and two forced fumbles, the Cooper Cupless Rams routed the Seahawks, their rivals. Fifth-round selection from BYU, Puka Nakua, filled in for Cup, even though he was slated to be the number three receiver on the depth chart, Hauled, he had 15 targets and well over 100 receiving yards. New acquisition Baker Mayfield led his Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a close victory over the Vikings 20-17, even though Justin Jefferson went for 150 yards on nine receptions. Losing Dalvin Cook seemed to hurt the Vikings' offense in this three-point loss. Selling ran for 41 yards against a tough Bucks front. Alexander Madison was the guy for the Vikings on the ground, but didn't really get into a rhythm. The most exciting game from Sunday's slate was the Dolphins and Chargers. In a duel of the two high-powered offenses in the AFC, Tua Tagovailoa had 466 passing yards, and Tyreek Hill had 211 receiving yards and two touchdowns, and they eked out a two-point win on the road. Justin Herbert played well, but didn't go to the air very much as the ground attack was strong. Austin Eckler dominated and had a run over 50 yards uh, to go along with a over-the-century mark on the ground. Jordan Love made his debut as the full-time starter for the Green Bay Packers. Looked like a seasoned veteran playing against the rivaled Chicago Bears, throwing for 245 yards and three touchdowns. Even without top target Christian Watson, who was out with a hamstring injury, second-year man Romeo Dobbs filled in for him nicely with a touchdown. And tonight, Monday night, the Jets faced off against the Bills, and unfortunately, as you might know, Aaron Rodgers is potentially out for the season with a ruptured Achilles, which would be absolutely detrimental to a Jets offense that definitely took a step back with Zach Wilson. 
although their defense played very nicely. Um, Jordan Whitehead had three interceptions against Josh Allen, and along they had a fumble recovery and a punt return touchdown to win the game by an undrafted rookie who was only signed to the roster a week ago. Goes to show that you should never give up, as you might know. Stefan Diggs, 10 catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown, looked like the top option for the Bills' offense again, which is what has been expected out of one of the league's premier options out wide. So those are all of the recaps from the games that happened this weekend. But now let's get into the specifics of my predictions and what we might see in the future from each of these teams. First off, we'll start with the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. A 25-20 victory for the Eagles was definitely not a pretty victory. They got off to a quick start 16-0 in the first quarter. And it wasn't even thanks to their offense. Defensively, Darius Slay had a 70-yard interception return for a touchdown. But it wasn't all pretty for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts struggled in his first full outing since the end of last season in the Super Bowl and finished with a QB rating of 89, 22 of 33 for 170 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, 37 yards on the ground, but lost a fumble. Definitely was not a great start for Hurts by any means. On the ground, it wasn't much better. Offensive coordinator Brian Johnson made his debut with the Eagles, and it was not great. Rushing for under four yards, a carry. Kenneth Gainwell took the bulk of the attempts with 14 carries for 54 yards. He was fine, but the Eagles really could not just, they could not get it done on offense. They only scored three points from the second quarter all the way to the end of the fourth when they kicked two more field goals. They actually only had one offensive touchdown. It was a good spot to see that the A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith duo was very strong yet again. 14 catches between the two of them. They received 20 targets of Jalen Hurts' 33 attempts. So it was clear they were the focal point with Dallas Goddard taking a backseat in this one, ultimately not recording a catch, only one target. Defensively was definitely the highlight for the Eagles, even though they almost blew it in the second half to the Mac Jones New England Patriots. Rookie uh, Jalen Carter looked strong in his debut. He got to the quarterback a bunch, had a lot of quarterback hurries, won't, didn't really light up the statue, but did have his first career NFL sack in his first career game. Jordan Davis, who is now taking on a larger role in the defensive line with the departure of Javon Hargrave to the 49ers in the offseason, looked strong in his debut as well as a full-time starter with a TFL and half a sack. Eagles will lose N'Kobe Dean for about a month with a foot injury. But other than that, there were some new faces and there were definitely some old faces. Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, to name a few, are definitely going to be the core parts of this Philadelphia front seven. James Bradbury entered concussion protocol following the game, and it is not looking good for him for the return on the quick week as they face the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday. For the Patriots, Mac Jones looked relatively strong in his first game of the season, finishing with 316 yards and three touchdowns to go along with the one interception, which ultimately proved to be fruitful in the five-point loss at pick six really sucked. The Eagles' front stymied the New England rushing attack. They tried going with Ramondre Stevenson, 
new acquisition, Ezekiel Elliott, who actually lost a fumble, which was recovered by the Eagles early in the first, which set them up with great field position, although they ended up having to settle for three. Um, receiving for the Patriots was also strong. They were without um, they were without Tyron Thornton, and Kendrick Bourne had to step in his place as the main target for Mac Jones. He had 11 targets and actually was pretty efficient, six catches for 64 yards and a pair of scores, which was good. Judy Smith-Schuster had a couple of receptions in his first game as a Patriot. Ezekiel Elliott was used out of the backfield but didn't gain a lot of yardage. Defensively, the Patriots looked strong. They got to Jalen Hurts three times. They hit him a couple more. They had good pressure all game long and stopped a very strong Philadelphia Eagles offense to only one touchdown. They really tightened up in the red zone, holding the Eagles to have to take four field goals, which is definitely going to prove important for the Patriots as this season goes on. Next game is the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. Houston Texan quarterback C.J. Stroud made his debut and was pretty pedestrian, finishing with 242 yards and neither a touchdown or an interception. Took five sacks, which is never fun for a rookie. Wanted to get him into a groove, and he couldn't really turn to a running back. Damian Pierce carried 11 times for 38 yards, and Devin Singletary wasn't any better, barely gaining over two yards of carry. C.J. Stroud was actually the most efficient rusher, only taken to the ground four times. As far as the receiving game went for the Texans, it was mainly Robert Woods and Nico Collins. Stroud went to those two a combined amount of 21 times, um, but they could not find the end zone, settling for three field goals from Kimi Fairbairn with a long of 38. They could not get it down in the red zone. The Texans will have to do that if they want to have an at least above average season as they do not have very much star power on their team. They are young. They have potential with rookie receiver Tank Dell and CJ Stroud hopefully going to build a better rapport between the two of them as the season goes on. For the Baltimore Ravens on offense, Lamar Jackson did not play very well in his first game of the season. Although he cannot be disappointed with a 16-point victory, he was sacked four times, ultimately finishing with 169 yards and an interception, didn't fare much better on the ground, and the Ravens ended up losing J.K. Dobbins to a season-ending torn Achilles after he scored his first touchdown of the new season. Rookie receiver from Boston College, Zay Flowers, looked strong in his debut, and he was the go-to guy. Ten targets was three times as many as anyone else, ultimately gaining... 50% of Lamar Jackson's targets, 10 out of the 21, a little bit less than 50, but definitely a number to note for a rookie receiver in his first game. Turnovers were not a huge problem, but Lamar did turn the ball over twice and had a fumble recovered by his own team. Defensively, the Ravens were all over the Texans. Roquan Smith finished with 16 tackles and two TFLs. The Ravens were in the backfield all game long with six TFLs and five sacks. Stroud was hit 10 times. The Ravens' pass rush was getting home nine points against a Texan offense that is not strong by any means. It is definitely a promising sign for the Ravens in week one. They should have a great shot at taking the division, but it will be super competitive as we go to the next game, the Browns and the Bengals. Cincinnati's Joe Burrow just signed the $250 plus million contract that we were speaking of earlier, finished with only a mere 82 passing yards and neither a touchdown or an interception, finishing with a QBR of 52, one of his lowest in his career. 
The ground attack was not very strong for the Bengals as the wet conditions didn't really help Joe Mixon and company. Mixon finished with 56 yards on the ground, no touchdowns, with a long of 22 through the air. T. Higgins was targeted eight times, the second most on the team, didn't finish with a reception, could not hook up with Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase led the way with a only 39 yards receiving, which was almost half of their total passing. For the Cleveland Browns, who were victorious, they have to be very proud of their game plan for this game. They ran for 206 yards as a team. That is their identity. Nick Chubb, six yards a carry. If he is doing that, this is a dangerous Cleveland Brown team. Jerome Ford took a bunch of carries in the waning moments of this game, wasn't really able to break anything loose. Sean Watson looks strong on the ground, just like he was before he took a hiatus from the NFL as he went for nine yards a carry and a touchdown. Through the air, no Cleveland Brown really stood out from the rest, but Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore were the go-to guys with seven targets apiece. It'll be nice to see what Elijah Moore can add to this Cleveland Browns offense after being slightly neglected in his time in New York. As we go to the Buccaneers and the Vikings, the Buccaneers eke this one out on the road, 20-17. Baker Mayfield looked very strong with a QBR of 94 in his first game, albeit the Buccaneers were not good on the ground, finishing with 2.2 yards a carry. That is a number to note as the Buccaneers will not want Baker dropping back 40-plus times in games. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, one of, most, one of the most reliable duos through the air, looked very strong in this opener. Mike Evans finished with 66 yards and a touchdown. One of the more reliable receivers throughout his decade-long career has finished with 1,000 yards in eight straight seasons. Chris Godwin, a great possession receiver, was the guy the Bucks turned to to ultimately seal the victory. Five catches for 51 yards. Godwin is a target-hauling-in machine. He finished with double-digit targets more times than not last season, and switching from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield hasn't seemed to impact his stat. The Vikings, this is really where the Vikings can't be very happy. They ran the ball 17 times for only 41 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Kirk Cousins had to take to the air 44 times and passed efficiently, 344 yards and two touchdowns with an interception. His QBR of 103 was one of the highest on the day. Justin Jefferson, of course, the best receiver in the NFL, led the way with 150 yards. But the Vikings have to be happy with rookie receiver Jordan Addison, who caught a 35-yard touchdown on a great debut, four catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson was more of an underneath option if the first progression wasn't there. Cousins checked it down to Hawkinson a shocking eight times, but only for a mere 35 yards. Cousins lost two fumbles and threw an interception, so the turnovers will be something the Vikings need to clean up in order to take the North, which is actually going to be a tougher division than they think to claim. As we go to the Tennessee Titans and the New Orleans Saints. The Tennessee Titans really struggled in this one as they could not find the end zone. They ultimately settled for five field goals. Nick Folk was 100% of the day. He was actually the star with a long of 50-yard field goal. The Titans had, were set up with great field positioning off the rip when the Saints muffed the opening kickoff, but Ryan Tannehill and the gang couldn't get anything going. Ryan Tannehill finished with under a 50% completion percentage on the day with barely under 200 yards and three interceptions. The Saints defense got to him quick. They brought a lot of pressure off the edge. Carl Granderson and Cam Jordan were names to note as they found their way into the Titans' backfield a bunch. 
Derrick Henry got it going on the ground, but just could not get it going in the red zone. The Saints started bringing five-man, six-man pressure within the 20-yard line, and it worked to perfection. Derrick Henry finished with 63 yards on the ground, but was still the bell cow back in his age 29 season. DeAndre Hopkins made his debut in the Tennessee Titan uniform and finished with 13 targets from Ryan Tannehill, although they will have to work on their connection as the season goes on, finishing with seven catches and 65 yards. Hopkins cannot be upset, but I bet he is. He is pushing for more. The Saints, Derek Carr, another new quarterback with a new team. Carr has had a very successful career, although not in the playoffs. Carr has been a good starter for the Raiders. He finished with 305 yards, a touchdown interception. The ground game wasn't there for the Saints, 2.6 yards a carry. But they can't be upset. Derek Carr passed very well. Chris Olave, the second-year guy, finished with 112 yards. Michael Thomas, back from injury, finally finished with a very respectable stat line. And a surprise to Saints fans, Rashid Shahid finished with 90 yards and a touchdown, although he lost a fumble. The Saints offense looked pretty proficient. They will just have to work on, similar to the Titans, finishing when they get into opponent's territory. They finished with near 400 yards of offense, but 16 points isn't going to win you many ball games in this league. As we go to another NFC South matchup, the Panthers and the Falcons. Two new quarterbacks making their first starts as the full-time starter. Bryce Young finished with not a great debut by any means, finishing barely over 50% completion percentage for 146 yards, touchdown, and two interceptions. The running game was actually the highlight for the Panthers. New acquisition Miles Sanders over from Philadelphia finished four yards a pop. Chuba Hubbard was a great other option as he went very efficiently 6.7 yards a carry. The Carolina run blocking was great. Even though the Falcons don't have a great front, it is definitely something of promise, especially with a rookie quarterback. Through the air, having no DJ Chark definitely hurt the Carolina Panthers receiving core as Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst were their leading guys. Getting G.J. Chark back and having Bryce Young get more comfortable passing to his targets will be huge for the Panthers this season. For the Falcons, Desmond Ritter didn't look great in his debut as the full-time starter, but got the job done. Turning the off to Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier was definitely great as they were incredible. They did not split totally 50-50. It was more 60-40 in favor of Robinson. But nonetheless, they capitalized on their opportunities to the fullest. Through the air, the Falcons' passing attack was not very strong, as Drake London, who is expected to be the receiver one for the Falcons this season, didn't have a reception on only one target. That is okay, though, because they turned to Bijan Robinson a bunch out of the backfield. He was not a very efficient pass catcher, but they are having him line up in the slot. They are putting him in all places to get their playmaker the ball, and that is something we really like to see out of a young Falcons offense. They'll be one to watch in an NFC South that is literally up for the taking for anyone. We go to the AFC South, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. It was a good battle, although Anthony Richardson definitely had a chance for the comeback, but his youth showed in the second half of this one. Trevor Lawrence finished with a pretty good outing in the first week of the season, finishing with a QBR of 104. 
Travis Etienne looked great on the ground and in the air as he really solidified himself as one of the league's premier backs, finishing with 77 yards on the ground, a touchdown, and 27 yards through the air. Tank Bigsby was the other head in the two-headed backfield system in Jacksonville, even though Travis Etienne took 80% of the snaps. Bigsby will be a good goal line back for the Jags. Through the air, Calvin Ridley finally made a much-awaited return as he had not played since week eight of the 2021 season. He finished with 101 yards and touchdown. Good things happen when you bet on yourself. Inside joke, Calvin Ridley. But for the Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Richardson had an okay debut. He did get banged up in the towards the end of the game. It seems to just be a bone bruise. He should be good to go come week two. The ground attack for Indianapolis was very subpar. Getting Jonathan Taylor back as soon as possible will be huge for the Colts. Deion Jackson did not look good. He literally rushed 13 times for 14 yards. Richardson looked solid on the ground, but as Trevor Lawrence said to him, he needs to look out for his, how many hits he's taken. Through the air, Michael Pittman Jr. led the way. Although he had zero catches at half, Richardson turned to the third-year guy. Eight catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown is a great stat line for Pittman. Defensively, both teams looked strong. That will be an interesting one to follow as the season goes on. We go to the Niners and Steelers. Niners were the heavily favored team to win this one, but no one was really sure how Brock Purdy's arm would hold up. Well, there are no more doubters because Brock Purdy had the highest QBR of any quarterback in week one, finishing 19 of 29, 220 yards, and two touchdowns, no interceptions. It really helps when you're passing to these guys in the San Francisco offense or when you can hand it off to the league's best back. Christian McCaffrey finished with 152 yards and a touchdown, and he is the leading rusher through week one. He had a long of 65 yards, which was awesome to watch. The downfield blocking is there for the Niners. This is a well-coached team, and you can tell they play very well as a group, and they are definitely a favorite to win the NFC and represent them in the Super Bowl. Brandon Ayuk, third-year man out of Arizona State, looked strong. Eight receptions, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. This could be the year Ayuk solidifies himself as a premier receiver in the league. Debo Samuel did a little bit in the air and a little bit on the ground, and he looked strong as a number two option. Kittle and McCaffrey also sprinkled in some targets. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, second-year man Kenny Pickett didn't look great, although he's going against arguably the league's best defense. Finished with 232 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. It was a pedestrian day, a little bit below average day for the Steelers, who only mustered seven points on one touchdown, which was Pat Fryermuth. Najee Harris didn't look great on the ground. They only turned to the ground 10 times in comparison to 46 pass attempts with five sacks, so actually 51 pass plays. The Pittsburgh receiving core, no one really stood out from the rest. Although, it will be neat to see how that receiving core shakes out with a bunch of solid options. TJ Watt, as we mentioned earlier, looked absolutely dominant on the D-line. He's one of the league's best. Then we got the Arizona-Washington game, which was a close one. Sam Howell led the Commanders over the Cardinals. Brian Robinson Jr. is the lead back in Arizona. And finally, the Dallas Cowboys over the New York Giants. I mean, what more is there really to say other than 
How about them Cowboys? Dak Prescott barely had to do anything in a 40-0 win. Tony Pollard looked great on the ground. CeeDee Lamb looked strong through the air. But, I mean, the name of the game is really just the defense. 10 TFLs, 7 sacks, 2 interceptions, an interception return for a touchdown, and a blocked kick returned for a touchdown. The Giants, they really couldn't get anything going. Although, to be fair, I mean, they just didn't really have any opportunity to get anything going. Darren Waller looked good as the number one option, but Daniel Jones is going to have to get things going for the Giants to have any success this season. Ultimately, week one is a great way to see where teams are at, how they've improved in the offseason, but it's really hard to tell to see how teams are going to go in the upcoming weeks. We'll have to monitor injuries like Aaron Rodgers or like some defenders in the league. But ultimately, there were some stars in week one, like Brock Purdy and the 49ers. And there were some failures of week one, like the Giants. Although these teams can bounce back and will bounce back and have stronger week twos. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I look forward to recapping week two with you. Thank you for listening.